0: Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our
1: podcast, Hot Pastrami.
0: We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA.
1: We're gonna invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches.
0: So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon, bye. Welcome to the Healing Herb Podcast. This is your grief expert and friend, Ashley Lemieux. Hey, welcome back to this week's episode of the Healing Her podcast. If this is your first week joining us, first of all, I'm so glad that you're here. And I'm Ashley Lemieux. I'm actually obsessed with grief, which I know it makes me a big ball of fun, but my life experiences have just made me really want to talk about things that matter so that you feel less alone, that you can find vocabulary for the feelings that you're going through, and then have tools to help you move forward. And I am so excited for today's conversation because we're going to be talking about all things postpartum, which. I have learned from the past year is something that so many women struggle with and feel lonely after having their babies because there's just not a lot of support and I am honored and thrilled and just pumped to be talking about this with my dear friend Abby Howard. Thank you so much for having me. No thank you. First of all I don't know how you're so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed right now because I know that you were up With your baby last night.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm thankful because my husband does do the night shift mostly, so it kind of makes it just easy to get up, pump, and then go back to bed.
0: You're honestly crushing (laughs) life right now. Thank you. And... So if you don't know Abby yet, I'm sure you have seen her on the internet at some point because her and her husband Matt have an awesome TikTok channel called it's Just Matt and Abby. It's just Matt and Abby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, wait, it's, yeah, it's just Matt and Abby. Maybe someday
1: we'll do like a Mabby.
0: Mabby. Like combined. <laughs> <Yes, laughs> I love make it. Our
1: couple. No, Ma- I'm just kidding. Ma- Matt and Abby. <laughs> so I'm looking to stay Matt
0: and Abby. <laughs> <laughs> and they recently launched their podcast called The Unplanned Podcast, which is topping the charts because you guys are just, you're just fun. <laughs> and you're real. And something that I love about you is who you see online is exactly who you are in person, which I appreciate
1: That's so such much. a nice compliment. Thank so, you. So
0: anyways, I'm so excited to have you here. And today we're going to be talking about how do you move forward postpartum? How do you find support postpartum? And what happens to us and our brains when we're changing postpartum that can impact how we feel. Before we dive into the conversation, I know that you love coffee and I also know that the entire world loves, what's it? PSL? Yep. The, the, if you're in it, it's like the PSL nickname. But if you're like me and you're new to it, it's the pumpkin spice latte yes. from Starbucks. And apparently this is a seasonal thing mm-hmm. that I see all the people on the TikTok and the Instagram be so excited about when
1: it comes out. And I've never had it before. I'm so excited. I'm honored to experience this with you for the first time. So I think we need to dive in um, and capture
0: my first try of this. I I need to set the stage, though. When I ordered this from Starbucks just now, I know... Enough about Starbucks that I know there's special names for the sizes that you order. Oh, yeah. But I don't go there. And so when they asked me what size I want, I had this moment where I felt like an intruder on the (laughs) Starbucks system because I didn't know the name for medium. (laughs) It's confusing. So I said medium, and I just felt like I wasn't a part of the club. Why is
1: it grande? Because that sounds like it'd be the largest. Oh, what is the largest? Like Venti? 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 I should have said venti. vente. Vente, <laughs> mix them up, just make
0: them decide. Can I have a grandi, please? Anyways, I got us some mediums. Do we cheers?
1: Cheers. Oops.
0: All right, this is, guys, I don't know. I feel like you're coffee. not going to like it. I know. <laughs> I also am a little nervous because I didn't eat this morning. It Uh-oh. doesn't coffee kind of make you poop your pants? Ba- yeah you're not going to with one symptom it's probably more so the sugar in the milk and it's make me feel ill okay here we go my first my first taste ever of the PSL I feel dead inside
1: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> No, I feel nothing good that makes you feel something when you drink it I normally get them half sweetened and hot so it's oh, it is hot? a different experience But I do love this. I got cold because
0: even though it's fall in other places, it's 110 (laughs) degrees here. So we're not drinking hot coffee (laughs) in the car today. But this tastes like... Like like a candle? It tastes like... If I... First of all, I can't taste any pumpkin spice in here. Can you? What do you taste? It tastes this overwhelming, overpowering... It's probably the coffee in it. Dole, dead flavor that I hate so much. It's probably the espresso. I hate it. Why? Why is
1: everyone bonding over this drink? I didn't even have coffee this morning because I knew you were bringing this. So I was like, I just want to have the first sip of coffee of the day with Ashley in her car on the Healing Her podcast. So that is just I feel good. Well, you sip away.
0: You can have mine. <laughs> no, that would bar- kill me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a double, two double grandes today. I'm a little disappointed. That hey, was How a, do you not taste pumpkin spice? That was a hype up and a letdown for sure. It I mean, think it's this, incredibly this whole episode is going to be about my confusion about the pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> do you think it's latte. the
1: espresso that's getting you thrown off?
0: Yeah, I don't like coffee.
1: Mm. So, see i don't even taste it because there's so much other stuff in there i don't
0: taste anything else but like i can feel it in the back of my throat on my tongue the top of my mouth <laughs> Are you allergic i don't know <laughs> wow well thanks for joining us today that was that was, that was our review that was of, the, <laughs> of the pumpkin spice latte 10 out of 10 uh starbucks should be sponsoring this episode i guess of how long we just talked about them for but okay moving on how are you doing
1: I'm doing really good. My mornings are my, like, I'm jazzed in the mornings. Three o'clock hits is when I'm like, oh, right.
0: Yeah, you, you feel the slump, afternoon slump. I get like that time. also. But you are very postpartum. How old is your baby right now?
1: He's Oh, my gosh. Four weeks tomorrow. Four weeks already? It flies by, but it also feels like such a long time ago. I'm like, you've been a part of our family forever.
0: I know. He really does feel like he's been here forever. <laughs> but also... So the first time Abby and I had our newborns, we had them six weeks apart, and which was so sweet because we got to go through that first postpartum experience together. Mm-hmm. But I didn't leave the house for a long time and the fact that you're four weeks postpartum not only with your baby but now you have a toddler that you're also chasing around and you're out of the house we're in the car we're doing this thing i have to leave the house
1: every day like multiple times a day it's part of like what makes me feel better honestly like getting out like i'm like i need to get out
0: well i know that you were really open a couple weeks ago about how you were feeling kind of those first days postpartum Mm -hmm. and with this pregnancy and I know that it was hard what has that experience been like for you this time around were there any differences between now and your first pregnancy or
1: yeah I it's weird because it's like I knew I always describe what I experienced as baby blues because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, it's I've never been formally diagnosed with anything and then it's also very temporary and I'm really thankful for that or it has been obviously keeping an eye on it and like making sure i'm evaluating how i'm feeling all the time but yes it's like i came in prepared but then as soon as i had my baby i was like i feel so good i think it was all the adrenaline all the drugs i was like i'm not gonna get it because it took a little bit longer the second time around i was like oh i feel great i still feel great i still feel great and then i was like it's just not gonna happen this time and then the second night in the hospital I went from 100 to, like, negative 100 in, like, the fastest span of time. I guess that's when everything wore off and the hormones started kicking in. And it, I don't know how else to describe it other than it just kind of felt like my life as I knew it was over. And I loved my life. So I was like, oh, no, like, I don't want any, I don't, I'm not ready for this to change. And I don't know how I'm going to tackle this. Like, I felt like I had just started climbing the mountain again. And I was like, I can't do this. So that's when I always say, like, the baby blues, like, kicked in 100%.
0: Well, I think something that a lot of people don't talk about, or maybe they feel it, or they feel guilty about feeling it, is you're so excited to have your baby here while also grieving what your life was and who you were before the baby came and now all the changes. That are going to be coming which are happy and good changes but there's also parts of you that are changing Mm -hmm. and changes of your time and your schedule and what's required of you and your capacity to do other things i think that that's a very real struggle that so many women have but then don't really talk about because you're like well i feel guilty because my baby's yeah you're
1: like i don't want to come across as selfish or but it's like everything that i had done to like keep my mental health in check was like now not an option like i was like oh, getting out of the house going for a workout like having a driving the car by myself having any semblance of alone time like to recharge was like gone and then i was like what am i going to do now and i also think the fact that this pregnancy the nature of it being unplanned while I had had nine months to kind of come around and like process it and then not only like get over the hump of being like okay my life as I planned it is changing rapidly but then get excited and then all of a sudden it felt like I had gone back to square one Mm -hmm. all like in that moment I was like wait what is going on so yeah there's definitely with guilt or guilt comes with like feeling those negative emotions. It's such like a happy time. Like I'm so grateful to be a mom. I'm so grateful to have two little boys, but then it's just like at the same time, like you're saying, you're balancing the good with the bad.
0: Yes. And I, I didn't know this until the past few months when I was like, why do I still feel so foggy? Why do I feel overwhelmed? Why do I feel like my brain can't remember? I was literally starting to put my groceries away in, to the rice cooker one morning and I was like I feel like my my brain is spinning off the rails and I just don't feel the same so I started looking really deep into why (laughs) I feel that way because I was like either my brain's not okay (laughs) or this mommy brain this mommy fog this feeling of just feeling different is a real thing but I want to know why So most people don't know this, which I feel like this should be something that we should know about ourselves, that people should be teaching us. So many things about
1: women's health. I'm like, wait, why did we never know know
0: this? Why isn't it talked about? Why aren't we prepared for it? Why isn't there (laughs) more support for us? But the moment you get pregnant, your brain starts changing and it changes for up to two years. And then after the changes end, it doesn't go back to how it was before because it's different now and as I was learning about this I learned that okay now stick with me okay I'm going to explain this in the the least sciency most entertaining way possible okay but your brain so this this little brain in here has what's called gray matter and gray matter helps us process it helps us make decisions it helps us have clear memories when you get pregnant that starts to shrink (laughs) so that You can have more pathways that go to other parts of your brain that are needed for you to keep your baby alive and respond how your baby needs. So there's places like the amygdala that is kind of your control center for fear or for protection that grows so that you become so hypersensitive to your baby's needs. And I remember I was on your podcast last week and you were like, oh my gosh, I hear my baby crying. I didn't even hear your baby crying. Are you serious? I didn't hear your baby crying. But. You, we are programmed, and and our brains lit, and it's miraculous how our brains change in pregnancy and then postpartum to literally keep our little humans alive. It's all we can focus on, and also as miraculous as that is, the loss that we feel because we're not focusing on ourselves or having our own needs met because everything is literally telling us to focus on our baby but that's one of the reasons why postpartum can feel so hard and you can feel so much unlike yourself it's because you're not like yourself your brain is changing and what's also super interesting is that even parents who have adopted babies or have used a surrogate or dads who are very involved, basically anyone who is a caregiver for the child, their amygdalas also change. So studies have found that adoptive parents or parents with surrogacy go through those changes also because it's just nature's way of attaching you to your baby, which I think is so freaking cool. Isn't that
1: incredible? Because, like, I didn't really know the science behind it. And so it's like you describing this, I'm like, wait, I've gone through all those things. Like, especially when you're talking about, like, the amygdala, like, the fear response. I'm like, feel that. Yeah.
0: And so then you feel a little bit more anxious or you just, I think for me i remember when annie ray was just a newborn i was so anxious about everything every part of me wanted to make sure she's safe she's okay she's fed the anxiety of it all felt really overwhelming and that's part of that response the other thing is that i've recently learned that i think is so cool and so crazy at the same time is that the hormones pump into your amygdala and part of the hormones that go there is called oxytocin, and those are those feel-good hormones, which is why you probably felt so good after labor. And your cortisol is raised <laughs> to get you through the labor because you, you know it's traumatic to have your your body be opened and delivering oh, in that way. Crazy. So your body's giving you the hormones to feel good, but when that crashes, you feel it, and mm-hmm. and we need support when we feel it but the reason why so many women can look back on their birth experience and say you know what that was actually better than it was hard so i'm gonna do this again right because so many people go through very traumatic birth experiences or postpartum is really hard but then we have more babies there's more babies and we're like oh i i just kind of forgot how hard it So is i'm gonna do this again and it's because of the oxytocin hormone it helps us forget and remember the good parts that have us bonded to our baby because it's nature's way of making sure that we keep reproducing
1: it's crazy because i was going through the ringer of recovery like from the c-section i was in so much pain of dealing with all the hormones and matt was like (laughs) matt's my husband he was like you know you don't we don't have to do this again i was like do not (laughs) ever tell that to a par- postpartum woman just do not I don't even want to like I don't know how to process that right now yeah yeah, that is not the time because it's like sir. so weird it's like it's so hard but then even in that the like even in the thick of it I was like I'm doing this again yes. like for who knows what will actually happen but I'm like just don't say that right now there's just so many emotions happening and
0: <laughs> I I I also remember in when we were going through our postpartum experience together, I, you guys probably don't know this because I kind of talked about it during the time but didn't really because it felt so overwhelming, but my baby had severe food allergies and it got so stressful and we couldn't figure out what it was and she also wasn't latching well and I didn't have a big enough milk supply And I had gone off all of the foods humanly possible to go off to figure out what her allergy was. And I remember being so afraid because there was also a formula shortage and she wasn't able to be on normal formula or even sensitive formula that you can find at the grocery stores because of her allergies and and so it created this lot, so much stress over how am I going to feed mm. my baby and it was during the formula shortage time. So one of the things that I had to do was I had to go off all dairy and we also didn't know though what formula she could have when I was going off of dairy to be, for me to be able to supplement her. and. I remember I called you after the doctor and I was just crying and I was so stressed about how we were gonna feed her and either called you or text. I can't remember it now. That was a year and a half ago, which by the way is blowing my mind. But you <laughs> so were like
1: long and so short. I at the same time. So
0: long and so short. But you were like, I'm gonna go off dairy with you and then she can have my milk to supplement. Because you had a oversupply, which I also know was hard for you because that causes its own set of problems mine was an undersupply which causes problems and then yours was an oversupply which was also difficult too but I just remember thinking of course it's it's women who are so newly postpartum supporting other women so newly postpartum because when you're in the thick of it I felt like at least for me it changes how you see other women that are also postpartum and I I'll never forget you doing that for me and for for Annie Ray. It was like the biggest sacrifice. I mean, you're a you're a milk and meat and potatoes girl from the Midwest <laughs> and you I remember coming over to your house and you had gone grocery shopping for all dairy free stuff, all dairy free desserts so that you could still have treats, but so that it could be safe for my baby to have. And it was Actually, just you you're just the best friend you
1: same thing you're of that type I of person than so I of more than happy to do it
0: And we made it we made it through that <laughs> time but I feel like when you're in the middle of it postpartum that experience, whether you've been diagnosed with postpartum depression or you're just going through the normal range of emotions that Mm -hmm. come with being postpartum, it feels like it's going to last forever. Mm
1: -hmm. Do you feel
0: like that right now?
1: I think that I have such a good support system now. Actually, I have to tell you. So that second day in the hospital, my parents come to visit us and... uh, (laughs) It was a bad time for them to walk in. I was just hitting, like, the lowest point. And my, like, I was having trouble communicating with my husband. And I didn't know how I felt myself. And then the baby was crying. Like, things were just, like, at their peak levels. And my parents walk in. I could almost get emotional thinking about it. Because I'm now, I'm only 24, which it's like.
0: but You're I have very young kids. still. I'm
1: young, but I also have been independent from my parents since I was 18. So I'm like. I don't need my mom and dad to come in and like help me, but my parents sat on the hospital bed with me. Rubbing, my dad was rubbing my back, and my mom was talking to me. And my husband was there too. And she's like, "This the way you're feeling is totally normal." I felt the same way. And she's like, "You." She's like, "You're so happy that you are a mom," and she's just like walking through all the motions. And then she was like, "And Matt, my husband is my husband. He doesn't understand. He hasn't gone through this. So like, she's like." she's like just like laying it all out and like while my dad's like rubbing my shoulders and it was like such a moment of like clarity where I could like even though everything was so foggy I was like this is we're gonna get to that point it's gonna be okay we're gonna learn how to communicate and work through this so I feel like having them and also other postpartum moms I do feel like the cloud has lifted and I'm like it's this is just temporary and I can see that now but definitely in those first that first week I was like exactly like what you're saying I was like this is gonna be forever
0: forever that's that's so sweet and I love that your relationship with your family is what it is like we always need our moms there's just something about your mom that when they're there you're just like okay I have my mom here no matter how old I am no matter how long I've been out of the house, I can I can do this. I also know that there's people listening who don't have mm-hmm. that support. And I think one of the most important things postpartum is to find that support. So if it's not coming from your immediate family or your spouse, making sure that your doctor knows during mm-hmm. your checkups that you're having a hard time because they should be giving you a self-evaluation form on your first postpartum checkup, which it's still six weeks out. Like, you probably haven't even haven't had it had yet. had it.
1: The first one they gave me in the hospital was when I was still on that, like, oxytocin. Oh, hot. yeah, and you're like, I'm doing good. They gave good. it to like, literally three hours after surgery.
0: Yeah, it's too soon. So
1: I was like, I feel 10 out of 10. And <laughs> I was like, ace that one. <laughs> right? But, yeah, I, I think that we should be seen
0: sooner than six weeks. But at least at that appointment, being very honest with your provider if you're having a hard time. But then between the point of birth and then six weeks later, if you're not being checked up on, Mm -hmm. what do you do? And I know that when you're tired and when the hormones are going and when this huge life change is happening and you feel overwhelmed, it is so hard to be the one to reach out for support. Mm -hmm. So to anyone who is listening, who you're in this season of just feeling all of these things, but you don't feel like you have support I'm going to encourage you to be the one to reach out. There are support groups online. There are community groups that you can find even on Facebook within your neighborhood or the community for postpartum mamas or new moms or just having that one person you trust, even if they don't live close to you, that you can reach out and say, hey, I'm not doing great. I just needed someone to know. And can you be here with me during that time? I think that takes so much humility and courage, but I also know that that can be the difference of you feeling mentally just okay and supported and not. So I wanted to throw that out there. I also have heard you mention, and you just kind of briefly mentioned it, in the beginning it was kind of hard between you and your husband Mm -hmm. just the communication how have you worked through that because Mike and I talk about this having a a child changes the dynamic of the family Mm. where your attention goes changes how you communicate and what you're worried about changes it can bring just so many new emotions into a relationship which are normal but also you don't realize that it's normal and we don't have the tools a lot of time to talk through it so what are the some of the things that you guys have done to help that strengthen during this time
1: i think the main thing that has helped us is for the times that we are exhausted for the times that we are emotionally spent for the times that we have like nothing left orders of operations that don't need any conversation Mm. because sometimes like in the middle of the night, baby's screaming, hungry, we're both exhausted, pump parts are dirty and we can't find the swaddle, like everything like that. It's nice that we can just both go into, it's like, okay, this is what we do at this time of the night when this happens and we don't need to like touch base, have unnecessary conversations. So our interactions when those emotions could be at their highest are minimal So it's just like, okay, this is how we do it. This is, this is exactly, there's nothing, there's no point where conflict can happen at these points. And that has really helped. Also, when things have flared up, like we still have not talked about our big fight that we had at the hospital. Like, I'm like, I'm not ready to talk about it. I don't think you're ready. Like, we'll just wait. And so it's like letting those conversations take place in a time where, you know, I've probably regulated my hormones a bit. He can adjust, too, because, like, they're going through a big Mm -hmm. transition as well. That has really helped. And also, we're just making as much time for the two of us, just the two of us, as we can, which is obviously very minimal at this point. But even if it is just a brief interaction where both boys happen to be napping or something like that and being intentional about having conversations that aren't just about our Mm. kids or anything else, just, like, how are you doing? Like making small talk too, has been like so crucial during this time.
0: That's so good. I love those tips. And for Mike and I, we didn't really leave. We are very anxious parents. And in fact, I have been seeing. Side note: I've been seeing on the Instagram. There's been this trend of making these jokes about finding friends who have three or more kids because they're way more lax than (laughs) people who only have one child and every single stereotype of one child parents we check all the boxes for (laughs) i'm like oh my gosh people aren't gonna want to hang out with us anymore but so we are very anxious parents um and i think you know a lot of that has to do too with our history and just now having her here and wanting to just feel like You're we're, amazing in, parents. we're in control as much as we possibly can be. All that to say is that we didn't go on a date for so long. And I can probably count on both hands the amount of times we've actually left her, even at night when she's asleep, to go out. But the summer was really great because my mom was with us a lot. So there were several times where we would put her down for the night and then Mike and I would go out, just the two of us, which hadn't happened for a really long time. And I've been thinking about how special that time is together and how much I missed that, how much, how much I missed being his wife just solely in that moment without all the other demands mm-hmm. that are required when you're chasing your kids or, or when you're putting their needs first. But I could just go out with Mike and I, and it felt good. And I realized during that the summer that we need to prioritize the time that we're spending together more than we have been. I think that it can slip away from you really quickly because Mm -hmm. it's so easy to get caught up in just what you need to get done throughout the day that that's what you're doing. You're surviving through it. And then a year and a half, our baby's 15 months, 15 months goes by and you're like, oh, we haven't actually been that connected because our sole purpose together has been to take care of this Mm -hmm. precious little human, which is great. But also we need to be intentional again Mm -hmm. with our relationship. Something else I've been thinking about and I, I don't know, maybe I've been thinking about this because you're postpartum and so I've just been thinking about what it was like to be postpartum and my postpartum was really difficult for me. Actually studies have shown that women who go through infertility or loss are significantly more at risk for postpartum depression after you have your Mm -hmm. baby. And I think for me, a lot of that came because I was so focused for so long on just getting her here on getting pregnant, having a healthy pregnancy, having my baby come that, no part of me prepared for, okay, she's here, now what? It, like so much effort went went into getting her here that there was no preparation for the months and the days that came after. So that was really hard. And I remember the first night we had her, I was so, I mean, I was on cloud nine, like she's finally here. I could not sleep. I stayed up all night just staring at her. And then we soon learned that we had a baby who would not sleep unless you were holding her. And in the hospital, I mean, it's, it's not safe to do that anyway. So, so we wanted at home, but in the hospital, you cannot even shut your eyes if they walk in and you're holding your baby and your eyes are shut. Mm -hmm. They're like, you can't do that. It's not safe. It's one of their rules. And so I didn't sleep for almost the three days that I was in the hospital and I felt like I was out of my actual mind. So as, as I've been thinking about this, knowing you're, in your postpartum season, I keep thinking about how there's occupations like truckers mm-hmm. who they're only allowed to drive for 11 hours a day. And then they have a certain amount of time they can drive in a three days time period because it gets too dangerous if they've been on the road too much and haven't slept. So it's like mandated that they pull over if they've reached past their time to sleep, to do whatever. And there's other public service things like police officers or pretty much every job that requires you to be out with people or on the road has safety measures in place so that you get to sleep because it gets too dangerous if you don't and then look at moms yeah and we're awake all the time without that outside support without anyone coming to help us and we're just expected to figure it out while running on fumes and having all these hormones pumping Mm-hmm. through our bodies literally so all that to say you're doing a great job <laughs> Thank you. and to anyone who's listening right now and you're just going through this postpartum experience you're doing a great job too and I think that when you can find community with other people who understand how you're feeling that's actually one of the things that I love about social media is that you can find your pockets of people so that you feel less alone there was another study that recently came out that showed influencers, like on Instagram, when they share their postpartum experiences, it helps other women who are at home and at home alone all day feel like they are connected to a postpartum community that they wouldn't have access to, which I think is so cool because I know that so much hate can come to, you know, just anyone who shares anything online, but it also has been so life-saving for so many women who can reach out and feel less alone and that's something that I love about you and what you share. It works both
1: ways because seeing the response from people when I was open about like struggles we were having post baby like I was so encouraged and I feel like I had reached a point where I was like I thought I was numb to Mm. every bit of feedback because I think it was a defense mechanism from receiving negative feedback I was like okay well then I can't care about the positive mm. feedback if I'm not giving energy to this then I'm not giving energy to any of it but then people were commenting and saying I know Abby doesn't read the comments but Matt will you please share this with her and so he was sharing some that people had sent and I was like wait maybe I should go and look and I like peeked, and I was reading some, and I was like wow I feel so encouraged about this and like feel really excited about how community building social media can be, especially for people that are going through an isolating time like postpartum.
0: Yes. Is there anything that you would want to say right now to anyone who is in your shoes, is in the beginning stages of their postpartum, they're feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling like they don't have support right now. Mm -hmm. If you could tell them one thing right now and you were sitting in the car with them instead of me, what would you want to say to them?
1: I mean I something that has been very unique this time around postpartum is that I have a toddler. And so I'm constantly getting a vision of not long down the line. like literally they're 13 months apart. So I'm just seeing like 13 months from now, this is where he'll be and this is where we'll be. And it's not like I'm wishing away right now because I I try so hard to not look at that and be like, if we can just get to here if we can just get to here because, my main goal is to enjoy every step of the journey because pretty soon I know that it'll be way down the line and be like, "Wait, that was the good times." And so it's not that, but knowing that there is there's just hope down the line for a time when the the immediate needs are not so demanding and there'll just be so much fun and happiness that comes everything comes with challenges, but just basically to say all to say that where you're at right now is so temporary and there's so many beautiful things that you will miss about this time even the things that seem so hard like just a month or two down the road so hang in there
0: <laughs> abby you're the best thank you so much for hanging out with us today actually i should have said this in the beginning but abby and i became friends a couple of years ago was that three years ago now two to two years ago and we randomly met at this party. You, neither of us knew who <laughs> who each other was. And there's a 12-year age gap between us, which... Wait, really? Yeah, there's a 12-year <laughs> age gap between us.
1: I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, do you watch Ted Lasso?
0: I've seen some episodes. I've, I think I've sent this to you before, but Abby's like the Keely to my Rebecca. <laughs> and I'm the Rebecca to her <laughs> Keely. <laughs> I love that. It's been so fun because I feel like... I don't know you guys have just been such good friends and and it's just been so fun to have you be here in Phoenix we kind of tried our very best to convince them
1: to come no. you guys are to the Arizona reason. <laughs> and I feel so thankful for this friendship because I always tell Matt I'm like it's such an honor that Mike and Ashley want to be friends with us <laughs> because you guys are so wise and also just like Choose to spend time with us, and we're just like these silly kids. And I well, we feel, feel the honored. Same way. <laughs> we feel, we
0: feel honored. You want to hang out with us, old folks? We no. actually, we
1: realized last week
0: that Mike is closer in age to Abby's mom than he is to Matt Abby. Need to say that. Matt did not need to say
1: that. We <laughs> 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 just so funny to me. But. It doesn't make it. Age is just a number. Age is
0: just a number. But now we also have our babies that are the same age. And it's I know. so sweet it's to really see them cool. hang out. But thank you for being here with us thank today. Thank you. And... Thank you guys for joining us on another episode of the Healing Her Podcast. Make sure that you go to the show notes below. We're going to have Abby's podcast link, the Unplanned Podcast, and we're going to have all of her channels linked as well so that you can go follow her. Also in the show notes, there is a link to the Healing Her Podcast website where you can submit your questions that we answer on air i want to make sure that we are talking about the things that you need support with in your life right now so head there and until i see you again next week take good care of yourself i'm so honored you joined us for this episode of the healing her podcast where healing isn't just a destination it's an empowering transformative adventure make sure you subscribe so you don't miss brand new episodes each tuesday And if you're ready for more tangible tools, make sure you grab my best-selling book, I Am Here, wherever books are sold or in the link in the show notes below. Take good care of yourself until I see you again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old.